the Ball, the podcast with Mike and Bomber. All right, here we go. Uh, round 18. Done 18. and dusted. Wow. wow. Five rounds to go. Um, and what a big week it was in footy, as Eddie would say, back in the day when there was a footy show. There might be a footy show. Did you hear about that? No, I didn't. What they happened? might do the Sunday footy show on the Friday or Thursday night before the grand final. Sunday footy show's okay. Mm. Doesn't have the, the budget of the, the Thursday night version. No, no. But, yeah. Yeah, but those guys aren't too bad. Yeah, all right. Except mm. for Barrett. Good on him. Uh, all right, should we get straight into it? Yeah. Okay, who was your star this uh, week? My star, uh, I actually struggled to find a star this week. Oh. So I went with a bit more of a sentimental one. Dave Mundy. Back to good form? Well, I'm not sure back to good form. He had a pretty good game. Um, but I think, you know, turn 34 on Saturday, uh, Nat Fife out the team, stood up when uh, we needed him to, st- to stand up. And um, I just think he, he usually gets it done when you need him to stand up and get it done. And uh, he's my star. Because there wasn't a standout, a sentimental one. Okay. Good work, Dave Mundy. And it's interesting, I don't know, at the Eagles games, do they go through the players and at the start of the match, like sort of a... They just pick a few players. At the start of the Dockers game, they go through every player that's playing that day. They say their name, they're on the screen. Yeah, like basketball. Uh, And there's only a, a handful of players that get a bit of a cheer from the crowd, to be honest, especially on Saturday night because it was a pretty average crowd, 33,000. And uh, Dave Mundy always gets a good cheer from the crowd. So uh, he's one of the favourites. Yep. Mike and Mrs M go a bit nuts for for Mundy. Oh, we like to cheer most of them. Okay. Nice. Okay, good. Darty doesn't get too much. Darty doesn't get a mention. All right, good. Good. All right, who's your star? My star, and uh, again, this is not, necessarily an on-the-field one. I like this. So my star is Brisbane um, and not for their great form. Uh, this is from Michael Whiting, who's one of our Queensland correspondents, who I get a lot of my intel from Twitter. It says, absolutely fantastic initiative by the Brisbane Lions this Sunday. Every player is heading out to a junior club to umpire. The game doesn't work without them. They're hoping to encourage plenty of youngsters to sign up to umpire. Fantastic. Yeah, that's good. Brilliant. Good so initiative. for those who were, who were out there, they were, they were at Morningside, Sandgate, West Juniors, Mount Gravatt and Victoria Point. Now, I don't know where any of those places were because I've never been to Brisbane, but uh, well done, Brisbane. That's a good uh, good initiative, isn't mm. it? Mm. We don't have a game if we don't have umpires, and we'll, I'll leap to the defence of the umpires <laughs> in a later, uh, later on when we talk you about will. their yep. game. You're going to have uh, to. So uh, we'll get to that. Also, just a mini star, mm. I really liked um, – Footy in Alice Springs. Yeah, it was good, wasn't the it? The backdrop was beautiful. It was a beautiful sunny day. Mm. And I love Gilbert McAdam on the boundary. How, <laughs> good is Gilbert? How good is Gil? And just getting a bit emotional pre-game when they're talking about what it means to play in Alice mm. Springs. Um, yeah, I thought, yeah, brilliant. So I've seen him do a couple of games at the MCG. Just yeah. adds, adds a point of difference. And he's, he's good. He's insightful. He's funny. Uh, I think he's... Sometimes just sort of a little bit maybe nervous and just yeah. sort of doesn't really 
talk about too much, but uh, I find him quite quite good to uh, to to watch. Yeah, he's good value, and I used to love watching Gil McAdam because that's when I was a teenager watching Gil and his brother Adrian McAdam, I believe it was the McAdam brothers playing okay. back when we were at school. So I don't remember that. Okay. Um, so, and well, one I'm, other thing on that, I think it made me want to actually go and visit the place. Let's go. It looks Alice. really nice. Let's go road trip, mm, especially when it's cold and yeah, rainy. Like a beautiful here. day, didn't it? Yeah. So I might go well, and visit there. BT put on his Facebook a photo he took up on the mountains the day before. Just obviously got up there and experienced yes. a bit of life in Alice Springs. So, yeah, foot in Alice. Have to go up there and watch a game yep. next year, maybe. Yep, yep, done. Road trip. <laughs> okay, your All flog. Right. My flog. Uh, Damien Barrett. Oh, just because. Okay, he's an it's easy target. Damo done. I don't even know. I'm not across this. Uh, I thought you would have been across this because it's one of those things that you really, really hate. Okay. Uh, he had, uh, I think it must have been Sunday night. He had get ready for the biggest game of the season. Oh, yes. I did see that. <laughs> I did and I didn't like it. <laughs> yeah. I thought you might have even had it and I've just no. cut yours off. But, no. yeah, so he's referring to the uh, the Friday night Pies-Tigers game and um, it's not all about Victoria. I realise it's a pretty big game it's in the context. Game. Is it the biggest game of the season? I don't know if it is. No, I don't think so. I mean, grand final rematch earlier in the season could have been game of the season. Possibly. Two week, last week. That, another week. No, but the first the, one. Yeah, okay, yeah. cool. Because it was, I think, first was at MCG. Yes. Uh, but, yeah, Barrett, you idiot. Yep. It goes, goes on well with his showdown at the MCG idea and all <laughs> yeah, that sort of stuff. exactly. So... Who was your flog? Does he know? Does he not know that Gold Coast play Essendon at the home of footy on Sunday afternoon? Clearly, that's Obviously the biggest game. Not. Obviously, Damo, come on, turn it up, as they would say on the Fox Footy Show. My my flog. I've flogged anyone who's having a crack at Dersma for the old. Uh, is it the old bow and arrow? Yes. Just good you know, celebration. I you know I remember remember Mark Williams when he used to do it. From Hawthorne, as it was back then, he used to do the shotgun. No, I actually don't remember his yeah. celebration. Yeah, but. no, look it up. He used to do the shotgun, and Clarko got it out of him quick smart. I reckon his career went downhill. He won a Coleman medal, I think, in like 2007. He was, actually, he was like a yeah. huge um, up-and-coming yeah, talent. Yeah, Clarko said, we're now going to win a grand final with him as our full forward, and surely enough, they got rid of him, he went to Essendon, and then they won four flags or whatever. Um, mm. But anyway... Uh, I saw. I don't know who Jared Walsh is, but he tweeted this. He said, David Dersma is a young kid loving uh, playing AFL. Embrace it. He's yet to be transformed into a robot. The only people who he has to answer to are his coach and teammates. I reckon it would be exhausting for some waking up each day thinking, what could I be negative about today? Now, I don't quite go as far as he does, but let's just uh, let him play. Mm. Let the kid play. Did, uh, did Kane Corns end up telling him, that he was getting ahead of himself I or going think, on about I that? Oh, yeah, I saw you do no. tweet that. I don't think so. He didn't? But even Damo likes Desma. Even Damo. So I was almost starring Damo because he yeah. just got around the old Desma. But, but we like a bit of personality, don't we? Oh, yeah. No, I liked it. Mm. But I was expecting Kane Corns to, well, we don't although really. he probably wouldn't have a dig at Port Adelaide, would he? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you idiot. <laughs> um one one I really liked, and a mini flog, if I may, if I can actually find this. Two mini flogs. Two mini. Saint Kilda, right? Flog. So Didn't know Saints, yeah, I know. But this is the Saints on July sixteenth last week, 
we expect to be playing finals in 2020 after Richo's got the chop. Two days later, I think that it's a fair question to raise that we get a priority pick. So how do you go from playing finals? Uh, to wanting a priority To pick. wanting a priority pick. And then you smash Bulldogs who are a finals contender. Uh, turn it up, Saints. Yep, there's only one team that is in the... A chance at a priority I would have thought so. And, and, maybe uh, that out is of Gold Coast. and another mini, mini flog. This was humorous. Oscar Allen, West Coast uh, forward slash Ruckman on the weekend mm. on Twitter. Slash Ruckman at times. Yes. Tweeted, uh, just waited 30 minutes to save four cents a litre on fuel. Embarrassed and ashamed. <laughs> 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 so and the bloke who tweeted underneath him replied, he goes, I reckon it's time for a pay rise. I think you've earned it. Uh, hashtag tight ass. So, <laughs> maybe so, you get a contract renewal. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, good Oscar. I like that. That was uh, some quality for Twitter on uh, a Not really a flog, though, is he? No. A mini flog. Oh, mini flog. Mini flog. Humorous little he, flog. Because he's trying to save some money. Yeah, good on him. So we're going to get on to uh, people's comments. There's a lot of feedback was on a bit the of feedback. socials, and we love it. So thank you for getting in touch with us if you did. Uh, where are we going to start? There's lots there. We're going to start with Big Dave. Big Dave uh, likes to get involved. Best, the Orange Tsunami is back. GWS taking the game on full throttle against Cauliflog. Cauliflog. Was fantastic. Worst. Good. Worst, anyone who hangs shit on, I probably shouldn't have said that, on uh, Jack Darling for the rest of the season. Also, those who had JK taking the pension this week. As a taxpayer, keep paying the man. At best, an All-Australian. At worst, the best decoy in the business for... Jack Darling. Guns. Big Dave. What are your thoughts? There was a bit of criticism for uh, the thing, Kennedy floating around. The thing around. with Kennedy and Quartermain last week suggesting he should retire. That's yeah. ridiculous. Uh, I think he signed a, an extension. you got to remember with JK, he hasn't had a pre-season in like the last two years. Um, so he's, you know, underdone. Um, but to his own, you know, he knows he's not playing his best footy, but he's still taking the best defender. Every yep. week, because if he gets off the chain, you know, all hell breaks loose. But, and it's this, this is good for Darling. And, and what I love looking at, and I noticed this last year when Darling was going so well, no one is happier for him than Kennedy. Like, mm. so they, they work as a team really well. Um, so, yeah, if, if JK is a decoy, then great. Um, Pretty decent decoy. Yeah. So, and JK, his role is not to get go up the ground and get a lot of the footy. He only usually has between five and ten touches, but, you know, and he crashes packs and he does all those things. So, nah. But yes, the Orange Tsunami, they were back uh, eight goals, I think, to one in the first quarter. They went Bam. Yeah, and that was a bit of a shock really, wasn't oh. it? Because everyone's... I had Collingwood in my, my multi and uh, <laughs> that didn't work out so well. So, yeah, no. the Orange Tsunami. It would be interesting to see if they can maintain it. And uh, Do you think Collingwood lost, sorry, before we go on? Collingwood probably lost because they had to travel to Perth and then up to... Oh, it's tough, isn't it? GWS two oh. weeks in a row. Ooh. Oh, it's rough. That's probably the most travelling they've ever done yeah, in the season. Yeah, it's a uh, bit tough there for mm. expecting Collingwood to leave Melbourne. I know that's a rough one, but yeah. uh, I did actually think of that. But Big Dave also commenting on Sheed as being a uh, best moment, and he kicked the sealer, um, which was very good. In the grand final or? On the weekend. Okay. Against Melbourne. Uh, Taylor. Taylor loves it. Bloody ripper to see Freo have an amazing win over the Swans. I don't think it was an amazing win. It was uh, a good win because they won. So they're still in finals contention? Are we going to talk about... They're not in finals contention. Okay, sure. Not in my opinion. Uh, Big Dave, just getting amongst it. Turn it up. (laughs) Turn it up. Good Dave. I like it. 
Both teams rubbish. Uh, I pretty much agree with that comment. Mm. There was some really bad skills from uh, from both sides. Who would you rather be at the moment, Freo or Sydney? Uh, Freo. Okay. They got a couple of good kids, uh, Sydney, but mm. 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 I think we're we're close to turning a corner. Oh, yeah. Mm. You'd hope so. Um, uh, all right. Uh, ben Fitzmorris, thanks for commenting. I haven't seen that name before. West Coast letting good lead slip again. Now, I'm, I agree, but I think that that lead was, I guess, a false currency. Like at quarter time it was 5-1 to 1-5 and West Coast weren't exactly dominant. I think they were just no, taking their chances. Melbourne were and, mm. uh, yeah, they just didn't mm. kick straight. Yeah, I'll talk a bit more about that game, but, yes, they did let a lead, lead slip. Um, but I think that that lead was a bit of a false false lead. Anyway, we'll talk about that. Jackie, read your wife's comment. <laughs> best Eagles winning. Uh, um, close second best, Collingwood losing. Can't, yeah. can't disagree with the second can't part. disagree with that. Sorry, Collingwood fans out there. Please Good keep work. listening. Uh, Bush, thanks for commenting, mate. Worst umpiring in the Eagles game. Uh, just horrible both ways. And I did think that um, a couple of times – there are a couple of Tiggy Touchwood ones. We just like them to let it play sometimes. Mm. Let them play. I'm the first one to defend the men in green and women in green as it was in that game. Uh, yeah, she actually pulled a few up that were a bit yeah. average. And I could see, was it Maxi Gorn? Yeah, it was. The holding the ball yeah. where he's taken it in. And I reckon if it was a bloke umpire, he would have said some things, but he sort of held back. Um, but, uh, yeah. You was- know, I was going to, in preparation for – just for the rest of the season because I love the comment. Okay. I was going to get the Maxi Gorn comment from the week ago uh, and put it on one of the buttons here. The uh, That's just Rugcraft, big boy. Oh, God. You heard that one? No. Oh, you haven't heard that? Get it on the buttons. All right, I'll get it on the buttons. Get it on the buttons. That's fantastic. That's, Actually, that's... I'll bring it up in the break and right. we'll, we'll have a little bit. Do it. Uh, Millsy, good on you. Getting on amongst the Dons again. And the Dons are on fire. Six from seven, the Dons, and I'll talk about them shortly. So plenty to get excited about there. Uh, Steve? Robson, thanks, mate. I've got a feeling injuries have caught up with Josh Kennedy. So, yeah, we're talking about JK. But, again, he just needs to get through the year. He plays a role. He's been a star. Yep. Also, look out. Here come the Bombers. No arguments there. The Bombers are on fire. And Brado, we love it when Braden gets in touch with us. You may as well read this because it's based on uh, your mob. Frankie Watson, finally getting a game and looking at home at senior level. He's miles ahead of Cole, in my opinion. Cole and Nelson to battle for the other spot. I will talk about that one a bit later when we look at the Eagles-Melbourne game. Uh, Certainly a a spot has Watson uh, earned his spot ahead of Cole and Nelson, who have been battling for that other spot for a while. With Duggan out as well, mm. Hearn will come back. So what's uh, what's going on there? Zorko Grub doing grubby things. Now, this is, I'm assuming, about the spitting incident. Yeah, we just had a look at it before, and we couldn't really see where he actually did it. Inconclusive for mine. Yeah, um, so we'll just leave uh, Zorko as a great player for now. Yeah, um, I'm willing to give him a pass because I'm, I'm a Zorko fan. Uh, Freo, ugly game, good win. That's pretty uh, pretty true. Take it. Yep. And Cats are beatable. And I think, yeah, they are. The Cats aren't doing Geelong things like Gary Rowan's gone quiet. Um, they were mm. a bit sloppy against the Hawks. That was your game to look at. But Yep. I, we'll uh, have a chat about that in a little bit. Yeah. I, just while on that point, I saw this uh, picture floating around. And if there's a Carlton supporter out here, they'll uh, – Love this. It says, uh, watch out, top teams. The Blues are coming, uh, saying the fact that Geelong and Collingwood have both won two of their last five. 
and the Blues have won three of their last five. Wow. So the Blues are actually going tracking better than Geelong and Collingwood over the last five games. So the Blues. Yeah, did you see the thing that I – I think I saw it today, uh, the uh, Swamp tweet that was – Oh, if, yes, If yes. the Blues had kicked one more goal in their – uh, their tight losses this Four year. Tight losses. They'd be nine wins, and I think we're about ninth or something. Or yes, they were ninth. Yeah. So yeah, Mike's I just wanted to bring that up because my prediction of ten wins for the season was pretty close. <laughs> uh, you know, if they just Mate, kicked a few more goals, they're not at nine wins. <laughs> that is but. a predict. That is a what if. We don't operate in what ifs here, mate. It's very close. Very close. You could see where I was going based on that. <laughs> Please. It's bloody <laughs> Four rubbish. more goals and they would be, you know. Yeah. 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 Anyway. You're wrong. Let's take a break because I think we're we're done with this section of the podcast. Thanks for your comments and yes. uh, get on the, the Facebook, uh, Holding the Ball Podcast and Twitter at Hold Ball Pod. Um, yeah. Thanks for your comments and we'll get back to review. Okay, I'm getting stuck with those. Round 18. The Holding the Ball Podcast. All right, we're back. And, uh, yes, that's Ruckcraft. That's Ruckcraft, big boy. I liked it. Very, very good. It's great. Very good from Maxie. Um, Just a bit of banter with the ums. On Friday night, uh, round 18 started at the Adelaide Oval, where Adelaide took on the Bombers and this one. Gee whiz. Um, I was telling Mike before that I had a same-game multi that I thought was home. Uh, Jenkins to kick three, Brad Crouch to get 30 touches and an Adelaide win. And at halftime, Jenkins has already done his bit. Crouch was on 21 disposals, so I thought, yeah, this is it. This is in. I was uh, home and hose, and then Adelaide, the wheels just fell off. <laughs> so I think here, um, what have we seen here? So I guess... I don't think the Crows have shown they can't compete when the heat is on. Essendon kicked nine of the last, sorry, 12 of the last 15 goals in this game. Wow. So they kicked a couple late in the second quarter when the margin was out to five goals. And you thought, oh, Adelaide, by how much? Mm. And then they just rolled on in the second half. I think that happened, uh, I don't know if it was last week or the week before to Adelaide. They started well and then just, Kicked one goal in the second half. Yeah, um, I'll get to that in a moment. But, yeah, they gave up nine straight against Port. And what I've seen with Adelaide, right, so their last four games have been against, obviously, Essendon, Port, Geelong, and the Gold Coast. And this is including the Gold Coast game where they kicked 11 goals in the second half. But they, in the last four weeks, they have, they have kicked 18 goals, 16 in second halves, so averaging just over four goals, a half. It's not much. Mm, And conceded 32 goals, 21. So conceding double, almost double. All right. And that's factoring in the fact they kicked 11 goals to six against Gold Coast. So they're getting smashed after halftime. So real concerns for Adelaide. Um, The Bombers, they've won six of seven despite a massive injury list. Like, Mm. can't forget, this is a team without last year's best and fairest, Devin Smith, Danaher, Stringer's been in and out, although he's in. Um, Heppel playing on, you know, one leg. He's not he's, – mm. he uh, gave a pretty honest interview after the game. Um, Hurley was out. Yes, um, that was the big one. Yeah. I so, think that was the reason I picked Adelaide. Yeah, so really impressive from the Bombers. And, and Woosher, um, when he was under pressure, he has delivered and he's stuck fat. Um, something interesting from this game, Adelaide won the clearances convincingly. So the mids from, from the Crows are getting it done. But then 
the, the, the Bombers scored 79 of their 96 points from the back 50. So Adelaide win the clearances. And then, you know, your Sards and your McKennas. Gee, did you love the solo? Oh, I did. How good was the solo yeah. from McKenna? Yep. So 79 of their 80, sorry, 96 points were scored from the back half. So they're not winning out of the middle. but And that the, the, I guess the concern with that is it won't stand up in finals. You need to win some some clearance work out of the yeah, middle and all yeah. that sort of stuff. But um, real concerns. I think the Crows still make finals because there's a gap now and the Dogs blew a golden opportunity, which we'll yeah. get to later. But um, they'll struggle. I just think they'll struggle. When the heat's on, they struggle. Uh, my votes for this game. I gave one and really stiff. I'm really sorry to Brody Smith because he probably deserved one. I gave one to my man O'Brien, the big ruck man. 27 touches, 17 of them contested, six intercepts, five score involvement, seven clearances to go with 39 hitouts. He's uh, a really impressive young player. Good find for the, them, oh, isn't it? Yeah, they've done well, and he, he was on their list for a few years. But uh, injury to Jacobs, you know, gave him an opportunity. Yep. Two votes to Zach Merritt, who's having a really good patch, and he's soaring up our leaderboard. 31 touches, um, two goals, three. <laughs> Oh, um, wow. So, but a really crucial goal towards the end. Eight score involvements and 691 metres gained. And I gave three votes to a guy who's probably, I don't know, struggled to ever have had a Brownlow vote in his life. Mitch Brown, who kicked four goals, and they were great goals too. They were clutch goals uh, to go with these 23 possessions at 96%. Um, yeah, Mitch Brown. Well played, sir. Yeah, I was a bit surprised. I didn't see the game, but uh, I was a bit surprised to see Mitch Brown uh, mm. at the top there. Clutch. Mm-hmm. Really good. Um, and and it was talked about the fact that Hooker went forward for a while. meant that Brown didn't have to play on the, the best defender, got free, ran really hard. Okay. So, yeah, good work. I think you've got the next couple. I do. Uh, first one up is the Tigers and the power. Are the Tigers back? Tigers are back big time. Mm. Uh, They would not be a team I want to play at the moment or run into in the finals. Uh, Yeah, they back to that Richmond running hard handball pressure game. Uh, They won inside 50s by nine and marks inside 50, 11 to eight. They were plus 21 in contested possessions but lost clearances by 13. Um, the big thing from this match, which we talked about before, was the Dersma celebration. Yeah. Uh, got a lot of coverage. Um, What's your stance? Oh, I have no issue with the, the thing. Um, as I mentioned before, I just thought that certain commentators pick out certain things and then leave out other ones when their team <laughs> does it. <laughs> Corns, you idiot. Um I'm really good with the buttons now. Yeah, you know which one's which. I still don't know. (laughs) Okay, good Um, Hinkley uh, was critical of Port's turnovers in the uh, press, uh, what do you call it? The press conference. Press conference, yep. Uh, 84 to 73. So, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of turnovers, but there seems to be a lot of turnovers, I think, in a lot of teams try and uh, score from turnovers, and Mm. quite often that's where it's easier to, to score. Um, so my votes, I gave Tom Lynch one vote, 19 disposals, 13 contested, nine marks, four of those contested, 12 score involvements and three goals, four. Mm. Could have kicked a lot more. 
Okay, Bashahooli, two votes, 28 disposals at 96% efficiency. He's having a great year, Hooli. Yeah, fantastic. Um, four intercept possessions, four score involvements, three round, rebound 50s, but he's the like, almost like a quarterback sort of guy comes past and uh, sets it up and obviously setting it up quite well at 96% efficiency. Yeah. Uh, and Dusty was back. Uh, 30 disposals at 80% efficiency, six, uh, six uh, score involvements, five clearances, eight inside 50s, 581 metres gained and a goal. So uh, really good game from Dusty. Interesting uh, thing that I've heard talked about. So Lynch and Rewalt doing really well as a tag they team. They did. They Are they the best good. forward combo now in the comp, do you reckon? I think – it's easy to say that after one game, or has it been two that Rewalt's back? Think, yeah. Um, I think you'd have to say JK and uh, Darling are probably the best and, and have I'll, been I'll proven to, for a, a bit of, you know. And I'll talk about another one in a, a game shortly. But, okay. But, uh, yeah, good combo and something else that Richmond have got uh, going forward. Yeah, and um, it makes a massive difference. Uh, Lynch is really finding his feet now and uh, it looks very dangerous. Um I may as well move on to the next game. Do it. The Blues and the Suns. Oh, the this was the game of the round. Game of the round. <laughs> oh. uh, the Blues ended up getting the job done by 24 points. Probably their biggest win for a long time. Well, they first back-to-back wins, I think, in over two years. Yep. Since I think it might have been 2017. Yeah. Uh, so it was a tight contest for large parts of the game, but Carlton were able to get multiple goals when Gold Coast would just get one here and there. Um Gold Coast kicked four in a row in the third to get three-quarter time to just the, the margin to just three goals. Um, interesting, Gold Coast won a few of the stats, plus five in clearances, plus three inside 50s, plus eight contested possessions, and Wits really dominated the hitouts against Cruiser. He's a leading hitout player for the for the year. He's actually had a yeah. really good year, Wits. He's good. Uh, he had 46 hitouts and uh, Cruiser had 19. Mm. And Cruiser's a good ruckman. He is very good. So uh, it shows you the sort of dominance uh, that Wits has. So if they get some good players around Wits. Um, Imagine they didn't have Wits. Mm. <laughs> there's a thought. Imagine if there's someone like, I don't know, Lions or something. Yeah, yeah well, well, we'll talk about him <laughs> shortly too. I'll leave that to you. Yeah. Um, on to the votes. Uh, I gave one vote to Will Brody. 26 disposals, 12 contested, four score involvements, four marks, six clearances, 10 tackles. He's a good little player. I think he's going to be all right. Yeah, he was very good. Got a bit of a head knock late, but uh, he's okay. Uh, Ed Kerno really stepped up, he's I think. Um, more mid, more mid taken, minutes. Yes, hashtag mid, mid minutes. Mid minutes yeah. uh, he's taken a bit of a step up since Teague has yep. taken charge. He had 32 disposals, 15 contested, nine marks, five tackles, six clearances, and five score involvements. And I gave the three votes to Liam Jones. Uh, been really good for um, for Carlton down there. Yep. Uh, he had 19 disposals, 11 contested at 84% efficiency, 11 marks, and five of those were contested. Uh, 10 one percenters and 14 intercept possessions. So huge, huge game. Really, really good game from. If you're uh, getting, if you're getting four or more contested marks in today's footy, it's huge, massive, isn't it? Massive, and particularly for a defender. Yeah, yeah, really good. 
and it's good, I guess, that he's a defender and going for marks yeah. like that. Mm. Shows he's going and, and, yeah, really confident. But it also shows that Gold Coast don't really have a power forward. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, uh, two-metre Peter? Two-metre Peter, but, yeah, he's a, I don't know. Not a power forward? Uh, just for, a big forward. If we forget, two-metre Peter's still not, like, 22. You feel like he's been around forever, mm. but he needs to be a bit stronger in the contest, two-metre Peter. Yep. But anyway. All right. Well, I'll let you take on the next uh, next couple. Next couple. All right. We start with the boil over, and I think we both had Collingwood in our multi this week, and they gave us the old classic stitch up. So uh, this game was, um, I don't know, a lot of people were was right behind Collingwood after beating West Coast the Friday night before and criticising GWS after the Cornelio injury, and um, they were uh, – beaten, they'd lost their last couple, uh, so lost their last three, I think, uh, so had gone from premiership fancy to will they make the eight or make the four anyway, and they came out and kicked eight goals to one in the first quarter. Um, and this is where I was talking about the forward combo, right? So Finlayson came back in uh, to that side, kicked three goals, had them all to half time. Himmelberg kicks four, Cameron kicks six. So between the three of them kicked 13 goals. That's big, isn't it? Massive. Um, so not Cameron, many teams where no. the forward line's kicking that. It's had a lot of midfield goals from yeah. most teams. Yeah, so when it, in a time where there's not a lot of forward goals, uh, that was huge. And So you've got to think about with GWS, Cameron's leading the Coleman at the moment. Himmelberg is the leading score assist player in the comp. So those two working together beautifully. Um, so Cameron and Himmelberg. Um, a couple of interesting things. Toby Green... Uh, it was decided that he was going to be captain for this game, and boy, was he fantastic. Mm. Um, couldn't squeeze him into my votes, but he was fantastic. Oh, wow. Um, I think he got three last week. Possibly, yeah, you gave him three. Uh, he had 13 touches from the midfield as the Giants ran right in the first quarter. So Cameron stuck him in the centre without Cornelio, without Ward, without Kelly. Um and uh, he didn't let him down, ended up with two goals and 27 touches. But interesting, Collingwood's a lot of Collingwood's injuries aren't in their midfield, right? The midfield is uh, – the only person really missing from the midfield is Beams. Yeah. Okay. Adams was back uh, on the weekend, um, and GWS smashed them in the midfield. So Collingwood had more of the ball, more possessions for the game. Uh, they won inside 50s by 14, Collingwood, um, but had fewer marks inside 50, which shows, again, GWS – Good defence. They're, they're big boys. But interesting stat that we don't talk about a lot, GWS won the one percenters 61 to 34. So one percenters are like those little things, the spoils, the smothers, yeah. all that sort of stuff. So it just seems like they were more desperate. And so despite having less of the ball and less inside 50s, the one uh, clearances by nine um, in a midfield minus a lot of their guns. So yeah. GWS, well played. And minus Phil Davis down back. Um, so Lock- yeah. Lockie Keefe came back in. Um, yeah, so excellent. And and the, the thing that makes this win more impressive was the fact that Grundy was so good. So Grundy had a game high, eight hitouts to advantage, still couldn't win clearances, right? Um, and he had 14 first possessions. So that's the first possession after the hitout. Wow. Pl- and they lost clearances by nine. So that shows how, that's ridiculous, how good. It? And that's why I've given onto my votes, uh, one vote to Tim Taranto. So he just squeezed out Green. And that's, he had 31 touches, eight score involvements, but he had 37 pressure acts, which was a game high, and 14 tackles. So massive from him. Uh, I gave two votes to Jeremy Cameron with his six goals. Massive. Uh, 
also had 20 touches and 513 metres gain, which I thought was pretty good for a forward. Uh, and Brody Grundy, I thought he was superb. Let's have a listen to this stats. 48 hitouts, a goal, 31 touches, 22 of them contested, 11 score involvements, 10 clearances and nine tackles. It's a big game. Geez, uh, Adelaide will be happy to have him next year. Yeah, well, <laughs> there's a talking point, isn't it? Mm. So, gee, trade period is going to be exciting. Mm. Uh, am I next as well? Uh, yes. So Saturday night, so talking point cracking game of footy, uh, Brisbane versus North Melbourne. Mm. I think now North are done. I don't think they can make the eight. Are going to win this week? Uh, I hope not. But <laughs> uh, I think now they're two or maybe one game out of the eight. Um yeah, I think they're a long way back, and they made a really good start, um, but Brisbane clawed them back. And really, looking at the stats, Brisbane deserved to win. Like they won inside 50, 67 to forty three, which is huge. North were done towards the end. The talking point of this game is obviously the free kicks at the end. Mm. Um, and I got on my high horse on social media. I got a bit fired up because, and the thing that annoyed me was John Ralph because. He does my head in at the best of times, saying the AFL's, yes, ticked off that it was a mistake, and I just don't understand why that needs to happen. You know, if an, if a player makes a mistake, do we need to tick it off with the coach or something like that? You know, I just think it's unnecessary. Mm. Um, I agree that both of those decisions were mistakes, but both teams got a goal. So the Brown one, where he's got a free kick from a ruck infringement, he went back and kicked the goal. I think that was with three or four minutes left. And then the other one, the, the obvious one, where... Scott Thompson gave away a free kick when Big O went down like a sack of potatoes. <laughs> um, so, I mean, I think that he should be on McInerney for bloody going down so soft. Yeah, I think he made it look a lot worse than it was. Yeah, but, I mean, that's what makes umpiring difficult. Mm. You get blokes going down like that. You see it in the round ball game all the time. Is and it- you might see it at an angle that looks worse than yeah. all the replays. So it's, it's a tough one. I just think we need to calm down a bit. I think I don't think North fans can be too aggrieved given the free kick Brown had at the other end. Um, and I just think Brisbane deserved to win in the end anyway. In the last 10 minutes, here you go, some stats work thanks to, to my man David King. Uh, in the last 10 minutes, Brisbane line smashed North 4-1 in clearances. So when the game's on the line, 4-1 in clearances, and they won 15 of the last 23 contested possessions. Okay. So when the game was on the line, the following players did not touch it. Cunnington, Higgins, Anderson, zero possessions in the last 10 minutes. That's so, when you need those guys to stand up, isn't it? Yeah. So credit to Brisbane was strong when they needed to be and now sits second. So who would have thought Brisbane just going along beautifully? Interesting to see where we had him in our uh, our ladders at the start yeah, of the year. Yeah, we'll have a look at that. Votes. One vote I gave and I was really hard. Like I was going to give it to Zorko, but he went at less than 50%. So I didn't give it to Zorko. I went Goldstein. I thought he was really good in the clinches. He had 10 contested possessions, 40 hitouts. Like he was really influential in the ruck. Um, and four inside 50s. I gave two votes to Sean Higgins, 27 touches a goal, six score involvements, and 637 metres gained a game high, and three votes to my man, who is just going great guns, uh, 30 touches, 23 of them contested, seven intercepts, two goals, 10 score involvements, and 13 clearances. That's big. Jared Lyons. And this is a guy who was surplus to requirements at the Gold Coast. Um, Ridiculous. Wow. So this is a bloke, and this is a, a tw- uh, tweet I saw. I think it was from 7AFL. Uh, spoke about how he averaged 22 disposals and five tackles a game for Adelaide in 2015, but was traded to the Gold Coast for two late-round picks. 
So for nothing. He then averaged 25 touches and seven clearances. He finished sixth in the best and fairest in 2017 at the Gold Coast before getting delisted in 2018. And this year, Brisbane have picked him up for nothing and he's averaging 24 disposals, five tackles in a star-studded midfield that's sitting second on the ladder. So well done to Jared Lyons. Mm. It's the sort of story you like to see, isn't it? I Guy that's like just kept this going. story. Mm. Jared, well done, sir. Good stuff. Over to you. All right. Buckle in. It's the usual. Oh, here we go. <laughs> oh, I forgot. It was Freo. Uh, the Dockers against the Swans. A the goal Dockers scoring bonanza. I reckon I almost saw more goals at the Man United game <laughs> at Optus Stadium than you did. Pretty close. Uh, so Dockers ended up falling over the line by a point. Uh, I think Ed Langdon kicked the winning point. Um, he'll look back on that fondly. And I, memories. yeah, <laughs> hopefully not from the other side of the country. Yeah, well, yeah. Um, I did a bit of uh, manual stat keeping this game, as I as I yes, spoke that's to you about. Right. You snapped snapped me the old stat sheet. I yeah, like this. here we go. Had the old goals and uh, behinds, but I also uh, because I wanted to see something that we've been trying to focus on a bit with a team that's in a rebuild is the centre bounce attendances for the young kids. Mm-hmm. Something that's been bugging me. It has been a little bugbear <laughs> of yours. Go on. So. Um, I'll just go on on this little uh, tangent before I get into the game. So, uh, my stats. <laughs> no, you've lost your stats. I've put them on the ground. Hold on. So, my flog for this week is Mike. <laughs> He's just disposed of his I was going to go on with my stats and I, I left them on the ground. So, the stats for the game. I swear I wrote – oh, I did. I wrote them somewhere else. Here we go. So, a game against Sydney. We had – Three Ruckman, which was quite yeah. interesting. Uh, a lot of people were lauding that selection. Yeah. Because apparently you kicked seven goals and six of them, the Ruckman were involved. Probably. Yeah. Okay. Um, Darcy took five centre bounces, Lob eight, Sandlands four. So probably so it shows you where the, the sort of faith is at the moment with uh, the guy that's got a busted shoulder. Yep. Uh, so as for the midfielders, had Reese Conker have had the most, 17 attendances. Okay. And this was out of 17. So every centre No, I think it was 18 attendances and he had 17 of them. Okay. Uh, Andy Brayshaw had eight. Okay. So that's Half good. I'd there. probably like to see a few more. Uh Walters had six, and I think all of those were in the last quarter, or the most of them. The line, get your guns in there. Uh, David Mundy had 11, mm-hmm. so he was probably holding it up a bit. Yep. And Connor Blakely had nine. Okay, and that's it? That's it. Okay. So there's not a lot of rotation going on there, although there wasn't a lot of goals kicked, so there was more so goals. So there's probably, what, five different blokes running through there? Five guys. Okay. Uh, Conker basically was the, the main man. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Conker had a good game, so that's fine. Yeah. Mm. Um, but Chera actually played this game. He was half back. Did he play half back? Played half back. Okay. Where he's been playing. <laughs> Not heavy. Uh, <laughs> he had none. Uh, and in the last four weeks, I actually found some some stats. And uh, shout out to Draft Doctors who took some stats down for the last, from what I could see, four rounds and had centre bounds attendances. So oh. I've stolen some of their stats. Uh Chera has had none in the last four weeks. Interesting. Uh, supposed to be a midfielder. Inside midfielder. Hmm. Supposed to be. 
So how are we developing him? That's interesting. Uh, Fife has been the sort of standout. Obviously. Uh, for most of the last four rounds. Uh, Conquer in there as well. Um, Mundy. They're so the guys you expect you'd to You'd like Mundy there. to drift forward at some point though, wouldn't you? And maybe get Chair in there for a few more. Well, that's sorry, what sorry, I'd like I'm to see. Sorry, I'm just feeding yeah. the beast here. You are. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, the point is why is Chera not getting some centre bounces? And there was a good article from one of the West Australian blokes, uh, Nathan Schmuck. Okay. Uh, and he went on about the centre bounces for Chera and Brayshaw, you know, the two supposed to be future of the midfield, I guess. Mm-hmm. And I think it was something like Brayshaw had 88 centre bounce attendances last year. Chera had something like 11 or something like that. And Chera, I've barely seen him. I don't think he – well, I don't have the stats, but I don't think he's had more than a few this okay. this year. And that's not what I want to see. You want your developing mids chucked in there? I want to see if Chera's not playing in the midfield or being rotated through there, play him in the twos. In the midfield. Yeah, okay. Fair call. At least he'll develop more as a midfielder. There's some big bodies in the in the waffle. Yes. So, you know, you've got that aspect of it. It's not the same level as AFL, but it's better playing than playing. Playing big bodies, yeah. Better than playing defence. And he actually had a reasonable game uh, in defence. But, you know, Mundy's going to fall off the perch pretty soon. 34, you said? 34 mm-hmm. uh, on Saturday. And, uh, uh, yeah, you just can't rely on these guys. Why are we playing Monday? Why are we playing – well, we had to play Monday, but why are we playing Sanderlands? You know, Get big Bailey Banfield in there. No, Yeah, <laughs> possibly. But he the problem with Banfield this season has been he's played, but he's played as a forward. Yeah. He's playing, be playing as a forward. midfielder for the twos. So, I mean, at least they're playing him as a midfielder. Mm. That that's fine in, in the twos, but when he comes in, he doesn't play as a midfielder, so that that bugs me. And he played as a tagger last year, so anyway, the point is, play the kids in the middle if we're not going to make finals. Is there anyone else who could be coming up in the middle? Like anyone else in that team who could go in for some mid minutes? Uh, there is a few. I mean, there was some Bailey other guys. Bailey Banfield had thirty touches and two goals in the in the twos. He Crowden did. Crowden uh, has been touches. in and out of the team a little bit. He actually had against the Eagles 11 centre bounce attendances. Who's that? Crowden. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Uh, Darcy Tucker's another one that's had a few this year, but he played sort of a tagging role. And uh, occasionally they throw uh, Ed Langdon, Brad Hill in there. I guess Connor Blakely's the one who uh, it was probably good to see a few mid-minutes for him. Mate, my man, Bailey Banfield. Yeah. Two goals. 30 touches, 12 tackles. Goodness, get him in there. Yeah. Sorry, carry on. He's not a bad player mm. as a midfielder. Yep. All right. Anyway. Votes. No? Votes. Oh, you got other stuff. Okay. No, we'll, we'll skip over the that because <laughs> the, the rest, rest of the game – actually, there's one other thing I want to mention. Okay. Longmire, Longmire talked about uh, being a young side uh, and wanting to get runners out there when, in the key moments of the yes. game towards the end. Yeah, someone criticised him for that. I don't think that's a – you know, you can criticise. I mean, coaches want to get the runners out there more often and um, he was playing a young side, that's fine. But I thought I would go through and uh, see how the, the two teams compared in terms of age. Age. So the average age of Sydney was 23 and a half. Average age of the Dockers was 25. 
and if you look at take money and sandlands out of that, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that brings the average up. Uh, less than fifty games, nine for Fremantle, ten for Sydney. Mm-hmm. Fifty to ninety-nine games, six for Fremantle, seven for Sydney. Uh, hundred to hundred forty-nine, five to two, and then over one fifty-two to three. So three Sydney, Sydney, yeah. Okay. Uh, you know they had their guys like Kennedy Parker. and um, Parker, Parker and Kennedy, and, and yeah. So I mean, Longmore was going on about the the young team, but uh, both teams are both. pretty young, other than a couple of standout players for um, for each side. Anyway, I digress. <laughs> Just like off his little tangent there. Go on, mate. I love this segment. <laughs> uh, all right, let's just get on the votes. Conquer, one vote, 26 disposals, 13 contested, five tackles, five clearances, three inside 50s and a goal. He was very good in the early stages of the game when we probably needed someone to sort of stand up and break the game apart a little bit because Sydney were good early. Mm. Uh, David Mundy, 34-year-old on Saturday, 25 disposals, 18 of those contested, 11 clearances and 34 years young. Mm-hmm. And Jake Lloyd, I gave the three votes. He had 42 disposals, eight marks, eight rebound 50s and 706 metres gained. So massive, massive game from him. I'm not sure he um, always does a lot with the ball but he really knows how to get it. He gets a lot of it and mm. he's I think he's leading the comp in rebounds and he's top five for disposals, so he's doing really well. He is. All right, I think I've got the next you one. You do. The boil over. The Cats and the Hawks and the Hawks ended up getting it by 24 points. Just Actually, 24 points, that was the same margin the Blue Suns. Hmm. Just any danger that just at one point when the Hawks win, all the credit doesn't go to Clarkson? Is there any chance of that? No. Like the players might no. get some credit? No. Okay. It's all Clarko. Yeah. It's the system. Oh, okay. Gotcha. It's not the players, and, it's the system. And on that, I don't know, sorry if I'm still in your thunder here. Mitch Lewis got the uh, Rising Star. Rising Star. No, I didn't write that down, although I did see it. Yeah. So he's had, you know, some good signs, and that's, you know, why Roughhead's in the twos to get uh, time into him and O'Brien. But that's right. No, they, they were both good, actually. Uh, so Hawthorne got off to a good start, kicking four goals to two in the first quarter. And they managed to keep that sort of lead for the rest of the game, really. Impey went down with a serious knee injury, did the ACL. Uh, that, did that you see that one? It looked horrible. Yeah, it's a shame. He's had, he was coming into some really good form, almost, I would almost say, career best form. Yeah, and he was definitely he, one of the best players. This for time of the year, year sucks because it means he's going to miss most of next year. Yeah, that's so right. real shame for Impey. Yep. Uh, the Cats came late, came hard late in the third, uh, but just couldn't get in front. I heard they um, had four shots on goal towards the end and missed them all. Yeah, they just, did. They got. Uh, they had a patch where they. Yeah, they, it must have been that one where they had four almost from a few of them were almost the same spot and player after player just missed and missed and missed. So probably just didn't take their opportunities there. Um, so I gave my votes one to Mitch Duncan, twenty six disposals, five marks, five tackles, eight score involvements, seven clearances, and a goal. Mitch Duncan's, you know. Doing it again, I guess. Another good season. Just a really solid player, isn't he? Just sets up nicely on my All-Australian team on the wing there. Just, <laughs> mate, he's having a great year, Yeah, Duncan. He's been really good. Uh, O'Meara, I've given two votes. 27 disposals, five tackles, eight score involvements, seven clearances and five inside 50s. And I've given the three votes to Liam Shields, who I think was his 200th game. 
Sure. I'm pretty sure it was because I think I saw him get chaired off and everything. Uh, 29 disposals, 13 contested, 7 score involvements, 7 clearances, 8 tackles and 2 goals won. So a big game from the 200 game man. All right, uh, next one's yours. Mm. And the Cats, certainly their lead at the top is reducing. Diminishing. Mm. Uh, and they've got a bit of percentage gap over Brisbane and West Coast, but, gee, uh, it's going to be some interesting weeks ahead if they can't uh, reduce their little form slump they're having at the moment. So I'll take us to Alice Springs where Melbourne and West Coast played and as uh, one of our commenters on Facebook spoke about before. West Coast had a good lead early, but at quarter time the score was 5-1 to 1-5. One team was making the most of their opportunities, the other wasn't. Um, Also good, uh, I guess appropriate to note, Jack Darling. He was good and he just missed my votes. Um, He got more votes than the coaches' votes, which I thought was interesting. He was a really... uh, he was a good player and he's in a good little patch, darling. But fresh off a new five-year deal, uh, when they were talking about him going over east, he was never going over east. Um, he's locked in, I think, now till 2025, wow. which will take him to when he's, I think, 32. Uh, so terrific there for West Coast. Last lock. deal of his career, maybe? Yeah, that's it. It gives him a good uh, some good security. Um, I was really impressed with this win because I thought Melbourne were coming um, and they were coming really hard. And Simpson in his press conference was sort of saying, well, Melbourne's injuries cost them fine. He went off. Barras got off the uh, the head knock, which is – I think he's good because I thought, oh. And I think Michael Christian said, well, what else was Barras supposed to do? But quite often they look at the outcome and Viney was off for the rest of the game. Um, I don't think this was one of the ones where Barras has lined him up. Uh, so, But there will be watchers on Hearn's fitness because he withdrew with a calf and McGovern who went down on his ankle. So we'll watch this space. Um, but after the fade out against Collingwood, it was really good to see West Coast finish strongly in that last quarter. So they kicked four goals to one, had 11 more contested possession, 13 more tackles and nine more inside 50s. So really finished the game strong until Dom Sheed eventually kicked the uh, kicked the winner. Um, a shout out to, uh, and I put this guy on our Twitter and our Facebook, to Francis Watson on Debu. Um, was really impressive. Um, so Shannon Hearn pulled out the day of the game. And this really, I guess, presents a bit of a selection dilemma because I guess in a side like West Coast where there's plenty of competition for spots, um, they're a good, successful side, it's hard to break in. And now that that uh, well, Hearn's going to come back in, obviously, whenever he's fit. Now, old man, calf, may come back against North maybe another week. Don't know yet. Uh, I think Simo said on 7 News on Monday night that he's 50-50. Um Duggan won't be back for a few more weeks, but when Duggan's fit, he'll be back in. So at the moment, Cole and Nelson have been in those spots. I think Watson stays in ahead of those two. So I think either Cole or Nelson makes way for Hearn when Hearn comes back. So it'll be interesting to see. Mm. Like Watson did everything he could. He has 17 possessions. He looked really good with his skills. Um, he is the Lewis Jetta replacement, I reckon, when, when that comes, because I think Jetta is one of the older players on the Eagles list at the moment. Really impressive, Francis Watson. So, and an interesting one with Melbourne. Focusing on Melbourne for a minute, we haven't talked about Melbourne, but boy, they've been awful this year. And mm. and Goodwin in his press conference said there is frustration from everyone at the club from losing from winnable positions. And you know, this is a team now with Carlton winning a second last. This is a team that 
made the prelim last year mm. and Gary Lyon on the couch just teed off and he said last year was an aberration um, and, yeah, this is horrible. He said, we all fell in, we're all, you know, uh, sucked into the D's form and um, and Jonathan Brown's come out and said, well, they've been let off, to, let off the hook too easily uh, this year. And this year Melbourne play the Saints. So big game here. I, I mean, Saints, Brett Ratton, new coach, et cetera, et cetera. He'd almost back the Saints in. Uh, yeah, so um, really, really dangerous times for Melbourne after, yes, they've had their injuries, but so have other sides who have performed better than they have. Yeah. So Melbourne, issues. My votes from this game. I gave one vote to young Fritz, who is a West Aussie taken by Melbourne in the 2017 draft that we looked at earlier in this season. Very good, wasn't he? He was very good and he would have got more votes, but he just was absent in the last quarter and he was involved in the turnover that cost them the game. Uh, So Fritz, 22 touches, four goals, 14 marks, 10 score involvements, was very good. Two votes to Dom Sheed. Um, 34 disposals, 16 of them were contested, a goal, seven score involvements and the leading metres gained player on the ground was 653 metres gained. And the best player on the ground, in my opinion, was Clayton Oliver, 34 touches, 20 of them contested, a goal, nine score involvements, nine clearances and six tackles. Um, a very good game good, from the good little player, isn't he? Yeah, he, he took a mark in the forward line and he, I just thought, oh, Oliver's not a goal kicker. He's not going to kick this. And he just went back and slotted it. I was like, you little <laughs> such and such. But, yeah, really good game from Oliver. And, uh, yeah, really, uh, yeah, a, a much-needed win for West Coast. And mm. you have got the last game I've of the I've got the last one, the Saints against the Dogs. And uh, the curse continues. The, the caretaker coach curse of the Dogs continues. Can I just say something quickly before you go on? There was I was listening to SEN today because Paul Hazelby was on talking about all the Ross Lyon stuff, oh, yeah. and uh, a caller rang in. Conveniently, it was a guy called Ross from Fremantle, which was very humorous. Jerry like that, um, and he said he would love the Dockers to sign Brett Ratton on a long-term deal. Okay, what are your thoughts? I don't really know enough about Brett Ratton as a coach, other than getting the sack at Carlton. He's not the worst of their coaches they've had. He probably... No, I mean, maybe they sacked him too early. Um, But, yeah, I find it very difficult at the moment to pick a coach where I think he's he's got the style that I want to see us play in the future. Um, Saints look pretty good, but he hasn't had much time with the Saints. But we'll yeah, see how they like finish one the game. I mean, as we sort of talked about with the, the caretaker coach, there's the honeymoon period. Maybe North are coming back from that a little bit now. Yeah. Um, so, you know, see how they're going in four weeks Ratner or something. I guess it's different to the other caretakers where he's had that coaching experience and he was actually mm. all right and he's had a good bit of – I mean, he's gone from that period of Carlton, been involved in a successful Hawthorne side – had some personal tragedy as well along the way and then now moved over to St Kilda. So I reckon Ratton would be a great coach to have going forward. Yeah, might be. Mm. I might do some research into Rats. Get on it. So the Saints and Dogs. The Saints won by 27 points. And, yeah, we mentioned the the curse continues. Third caretaker coach to win their first game in charge this season. The Dogs would be probably sixth or something if they had won those three games. Exactly. And the Gold Coast will chuck them on top. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Saints were got out of the blocks early with 35-point lead, 6-5 to one goal. Uh, pretty good start. Yeah, and disappointing for the Dogs when they had oh, so much yeah. on the line. Oh, huge. That, 
Uh, it's weird, isn't it, with the dogs? I mean, clearly there's something there because they've been able to beat really good set teams mm. and then they've lost to all three of the sort of average teams that have had their coaches sacked. Um, you just don't know what you're going to get from them. They'll probably blow Fremantle away this week. So, so interesting. Beveridge just signed a deal last last week too. They've extended him. Oh, okay. Yeah, that yeah. was good timing. Yeah, and then um, <laughs> yeah, Luke's going. Whew, thanks, thanks, boys. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, that was beyond disappointing. I reckon. Yeah. I think Bevo's a good coach, but there's some something to explain there that's just not going on, not going right. Uh, Loney kicked a really good goal. I don't know if you saw that one. I don't know if that was in the uh, goals of the week, but uh, it was a good one. Check side from the boundary. Left. Uh, Dogs came back to get a 43-point halftime deficit to 22 at three-quarter time, but ultimately couldn't get the job done, lost by 27 points. So my votes for the game, I gave Jack Billings one vote, 27 disposals, eight marks, nine score involvements, four clearances, five inside 50s, and two goals won. Probably could have gone up the rankings a little bit. Josh Dunkley, he's uh, having a great season. Great, yeah. 38 disposals, 19 contested, five tackles, eight clearances, four intercept possessions, five score involvements, and four inside 50s. And I gave three votes to the Ruckman, Rowan Marshall, 21 disposals, 14 of those contested, six marks, 32 hitouts, and you've just took me stats away. Cheers. No. (laughs) I was trying to get him on the big screen. Rowan Marshall, what Uh, sort of a year is he having? Huge. Mm. Uh, But, yeah, he had a a (laughs) three-vote game. Oops. Um, Oh, no, that was wrong. Yeah, you're going to sleep. I wanted this one. No, I didn't. I wanted this one. Yeah, that one. Sorry about that. Might have to redo the last five minutes of this <laughs> podcast. Um, so, yeah, the dogs were terrible and just strange. Uh, something's come out of that. I think it was – is it Jack – not Jack Clark. Who's the guy? Don't Who are you know. talking about? From the Saints. Clark. Oh, Hunter Clark. Hunter Clark. Yes, the future. Uh, the future. He was compared um, to the Bond. Exactly. Mm. That's what I was going to say. Thanks for stealing my thunder. Oh, we call him Jack Clark. <laughs> I'm just getting confused with all the Jacks in that team. There's a lot of Jacks team. there. There's yeah. a lot of Jacks. Why not? We'll call them all Jack. But, um, yeah, getting compared to the Bont, you'd be uh, pretty happy with that. And I think he played on Bont and uh, did. did quite well, but uh, didn't get in the votes. They've been waiting for some of those top ten picks, uh, like Clark, Caulfield, to come good. And, uh, you know, Gresham was a top ten pick. He's had a good year yep. in the midfield. Clark could be a real player. Could be. Mm. Uh, should we get to the leaderboard? Oh, yeah, okay. That's what I was trying to get up when I, I stuffed you up the thing. So with his three votes on the weekend, Grundy joins Neil at the top of our wow. leaderboard. So really interesting stuff there. And Merritt, with his couple of votes, joins Dangerfield in second spot. Now, I reckon if I had to revisit my All-Australian team... <laughs> I would probably make a change at this stage. Okay. I would probably put Dangerfield in at the expense of Cunnington on the bench. So Danger would come in, okay. I reckon. But 
Interesting. No other changes. Get lost, everybody. <laughs> uh, so other people, Dusty has joined Tim Kelly on 16. So interesting. Everyone was all over Tim Kelly. He's gone a bit quiet when Geelong yeah. have gone a bit quiet That's last right. week. So yeah. I wonder what that tells you about him. Uh, oh, interesting. Bit of a downhill skier, maybe. I reckon he's a skier. I reckon he's going to still have him. West Coast. <laughs> uh, he can downhill ski with the boys any time. Uh, the problem is if you add Kelly to Shuey and Yo. You can't tag three players. No. One of them gets off the leash and you're I, in trouble. I just can't see. He's getting Tim Kelly. But anyway, uh, Trelaw and Cornelio on 15. So Grundy and Neil for us with five rounds to go, um, leading the charge in our player of the year. I guess the thing is it's it's compared well, this our votes anyway, it's been a very tight sort of contest. Um, really close. And still anyone could probably – Win it down to sort of there's a number of players on 14, according to us, Sloan, Cripps, Gorn, Bontempelli, Shuey, Cunnington, Crouch. So, well, can a couple of guys get, it, but No, a couple of votes who got, guys who got votes this round, Oliver, Dunkley and uh, – well, Fife didn't get votes this round. He didn't play. But, yeah, there's a lot of uh, quality midfielders in there. There is. Um, it'll be interesting to see how it goes. Brandlow, I mean, we'll, we'll have a Brandlow special later on, surely. Mm. So interesting, is Grundy the only non-midfielder in the... It's Maxi. Maxi's on 14. Oh, yeah, Maxi. Um, and I think if you scroll right down, I think you'll have... Oh, Hooli. Hooli's your first defender. And then I think Jeremy Cameron is also on 10 votes as your top forward. So yeah, okay. 11 and 10. So it'll be interesting to see how the rucks go. There's been this discussion about the rucks and they haven't had a ruckman for almost 30 years, win it? Uh was it? Was it Scotty Wine? Scott Wine in '92 and Jim Steins in '91. So I went bang bang. Mm. Uh, and then people didn't want them anymore. No, then that was it. <laughs> so interesting times. We'll come back and preview what is set to be a massive round 19. Five weeks to go. This is holding the ball. The podcast. All right, we're back to preview round 19, and it starts with the game of the season. <laughs> the game of the season. Uh, the Pies. Sorry, I just want to make yeah. sure I say the, the home team first. I don't know which one's the home team. Yeah, I know. They both Pies travel versus away. the Tigers. Uh, and uh, it's a pretty big game. Big game. So the Pies have only won two of their last five, and the Tigers, they haven't lost since the bye. Flying. Season started four weeks ago, and they haven't lost since their season started. So They are a genuine threat. And did we see that Alex Rance is running around like a man possessed at the moment, ready to come back in time for finals? Yeah, there was talk. I was listening to a podcast today and they were saying one one person was split on would they play Rance um, if he's fit because is he fit? Is he, you know, just at risk of doing it? Surely they wouldn't play him if it was a risk. But if there's a chance of bringing Rance back for a final, you do it, surely. Definitely. Because there's no bigger stakes like that, you know, we've seen with Melbourne, there might, you know, don't come Monday sort mm. of thing if you lose. Um, Richmond would have say, thought they blew it last year. A uh, good chance to go back to back. Yeah. So now they're coming. They They've are. sort of played this season quite well after the early injuries, haven't they? Just took the foot off, took the pressure off, I think, and then uh, have come really hard late in the season and are, and are really, in really good form, so... Uh, the last time these teams played, round two this year, Collingwood got up. Uh, before that, Collingwood won well, it was a game apiece in 28. Uh, sorry, there was three in 2018. Final. Final. Uh, so it was two wins to Richmond, one to Collingwood last year. So 
Sort of a pretty even contest in the past few. Interesting at the moment on the sports bet premiership market, Richmond's second favourite now for the flag. Wow. So Geelong at 4.20, still the favourite. Richmond at 4.50, West Coast at 5. You've got Collingwood at 7, your top four. Brisbane just sitting cherry ripe at $9. Ooh. Might be your value bet. But uh, this one here, I just think the difference, midfield's both good. If not, Collingwood probably just ahead, but their midfield got smashed against the Giants. Depleted midfield. Mm. Um, Richmond's forward line. Yeah. I think Richmond's defence without Rance is still good. You know, we've talked about how good Hooley is. Grimes and Asprey are mm, still quality fantastic. defenders. Yep. They're still Vloston has had a good year in my opinion. Yep. Um, with Reed out, um, Cox out of form. I just and yeah, Colin with the forward line doesn't have much, does it no, at the moment? No, not very so potent. There's not not, a, not the potency there that they need. I, I don't see them kicking a score. No, I think this will be a pretty straightforward win for uh, for the Tigers for me. Tigers for me to All kick right. off. All right, on to Saturday and some big games here. We go down to Utah. Tassie, yeah, Utah's, uh University of Tasmania Stadium. Uh, Hawks against second place Brisbane. So both teams on a bit of a roll at the moment. So Hawks, I think they have won their last three. They've won their last three. Yeah. Brisbane have won at least their last five. So Brisbane on fire. So mm. when are we going to start taking Brisbane seriously? Ah, it's difficult, isn't it? Because you feel like uh, maybe younger team just will fall off a little bit at some point. Um, We're waiting. There yeah, we are, aren't we? But they keep passing every test at the moment. They, they are. When they had those back-to-back away wins against GWS and Port, surely that's enough for people to take notice. Mm. Um, I think their last two games are against Geelong and Richmond. They'll be massive. But other than that, they've got a pretty – they got an okay run. So this is an interesting contest because Hawks, we know how well they play down in Tassie. Yeah, um, and as you mentioned earlier, uh, Brisbane beat the Hawks there last year. So um, Hodgie hasn't lost against his former side yet. Ooh. So, jeez, uh, it, uh, it sort of makes you want to pick Brisbane, doesn't it? Yeah. And our man, Marcus, is coming in. They've probably played his best game since his return. Mm. Um, 16 possessions, yeah, was it? Yeah, about 85% and yeah. like nine intercepts. So... Coming good, Marcus. Just coming good at the right end of the yeah, season. Yeah, yeah maybe the, uh, walk away with the premiership this yeah, year. Yeah, well, he's been the positive story out mm. of our uh, podcast because we've had one not-so-positive story with <laughs> Cogs sitting on the sidelines. But, I mean, this is a game with Brisbane, if they're fair income and, and they've taken that next step, they win. Hawthorne, uh, I think at the moment, sit one game outside the eight. Tenth at the moment. Yep. So um, big game for them. They need to win. Um I think MP is a huge loss. It is a big loss. Um, they were really, really good against the Cats last week, but I think they've got a pretty good record against the Cats. Um, so maybe well, that works in their favour. They've big games, haven't they? Yeah. Um, so, yes, yeah, one game outside the eight behind a vulnerable Adelaide, um, but Adelaide do have a pretty soft draw. But um, I think I'm going to go the Lions. I'm going to go the Lions too. I'm backing them in. Yeah, I'm... I think if I'm going to follow a team in the, in the finals, it might have to be the Lions. Why not? Mm. You know, they've they've become my my second team. I reckon they're yeah I'm, yeah exciting to watch. Yeah, I think who doesn't like watching Brisbane at the moment? Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. On to the Blues against the Crows on Saturday afternoon uh, at the MCG. When's the last time Carlton have won three in a row? 
No, should have asked Swamp. Don't know, but it would have been a while ago. Um, So the Blues, um, under the stewardship of David Teague, have won four of six. Mm. Um, And, yeah, real positivity seems to be surrounding that club at the moment. Yeah. Do you think a team like Adelaide, probably quite a seasoned team, are going to pose a bit too much of a problem for, for the Blues? Well, they've definitely got the quality. Mm. There's no doubt about it. You know, you look at the midfield. The Crouch brothers are playing well. Um, O'Brien going well. O'Brien and Cruz would be an interesting matchup in the ruck, actually. Yeah. Um, be a big test for O'Brien. Cruz had his colours lowered against Wits last week. Yeah. So back on the MCG, um, like Adelaide's forwards, um, not doing a lot. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. And Liam Jones, as you mentioned, in good form. Other than the three goals Jenkins kicked in the first half last season, uh, last last week. week. So, well, but when it was required, um, you know, Walker and Betts were hardly cited. Mm. Second um, half, as you spoke about. Yeah. So I think this is a danger game for Adelaide. They don't want to drop this because at the moment they're uh, sitting in eighth and they've got Port Adelaide, Hawthorne, Fremantle, and the Bulldogs one game back. You know what this is. This is the draft pick game. Oh, yes. So, obviously, Adelaide hoping Carlton finish as low as possible to get a, a high draft pick. So, this uh, is – as Carlton's improved, this has got worse for Adelaide, hasn't it? It has. Because uh, a while ago it looked like Adelaide were getting first pick. Now it's gone to third pick. And and the standouts – and we'll talk about the draft later, but the, the top two, Anderson and Raul – are looking like the, the top two guns, but we'll talk draft another time. Yep. But uh, I'm picking Adelaide, but I wouldn't be surprised if Carlton get them. Like Carlton have got nothing to lose. Um, they're not – you can't accuse them of tanking this year. Um, no. They uh, they could they could do over Adelaide. Yeah, I think you've got to just play, uh, play this one straight with a straight bat. Because uh, yeah, it'd be a brave person to pick Carlton uh, at the, at this stage, Can't but do it. still could still wouldn't be surprised because the Crows have been. If you're a couple average. back though, if five weeks out, if you're a couple back, this would be one you'd take a punt on, mm. and one that I'll get to later. Yep. But the Crows for me. All right, and we go to your mob at uh, Optus Stadium on Saturday afternoon, and you're doing the floating boat. What is it called? <laughs> the floating boat. I like that. Doing a dining cruise. We're going to be fancy. Dining. So if you're down at the Reveille at lunchtime, come say good day. Uh, if you're uh, down, we're going to get the cruise in to Optus Stadium. Hopefully, it doesn't rain on us. I don't. I think the forecast is is okay. Currently, 18 degrees and mostly sunny. Mostly sunny. That's okay as long as it doesn't rain. That's fine. <laughs> Uh, so uh, looking forward to that. And I think this is generally going to be a good game because North have been in good form despite the fact they lost an admiral loss to a to a good Brisbane side um, on the weekend. Uh, West Coast got, got over the line against Melbourne. Um, weren't convincing but got the job done as you as you want the team to do. Yep. Um, presents as maybe is a bit of a danger game. I think it is a bit of a danger game and uh, it looks like North uh, – had a decent win against your mob last year. They smashed us in Tassie. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, no, they're not. They're not a. You know that they're certainly no easy beat. They've been very good under East Shore. They have um, come off a little bit in the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Maybe the uh, honeymoon period is over. But uh, yeah, the Eagles probably just need to to lock this one down and just get over the line. I think. Yeah, I mean the midfield battle will be interesting. So you've got you know North's big bodies in there: Cunnington, Zebel, Higgins. 
up against Yo Shui, Sheed, Gaff. Um, so the midfield battle will be uh, will be an interesting one, and also the the ruck battle. Um, West Coast, uh, Goldstein played well last week against Martin. Um, Hickey's been in good form. Hickey's been very good mm. for West Coast, and it'll be interesting to see if against Goldstein, if the Eagles continue with Hickey and Allen, um, if he can uh, just uh, sort his fuel issues out and uh, get his get himself sorted out. Um, yeah, I, I'm going to go West Coast here. Yeah, I'm going to stick with uh, with the favourites on this one, I think. But this will be a good game to watch, I reckon. I think this will be a really tight one. Well, you'd want to hope so because you'll be there. So I'll be there. So we want a good game. And uh, another intriguing contest on Saturday night uh, is the Saints up against the Dees. Mm. Um, Saints coming off a ripper win against the Dogs, sit 14th. And the Dees with only five wins, they'll be asking for a priority pick soon, uh, sit second last, as I made mention to earlier. Uh, they have been horrible. Um, Thinking about it, it's quite – I think it's – D's going slight favourites, but it's it's quite possible um, that the Saints uh, would get, get the wood over them on this one. The Saints, I mean, the Saints, again, new coach, just nothing to lose now. Hmm. Um, I mean, obviously, Brett Ratton will be wanting to impress. Melbourne going favourites, I don't know why. <laughs> um, I don't know why. Uh, yeah, it, Marshall and Gorn will be an interesting matchup. It will. Won't two, it? two of the form ruckmen, just Ruckcraft, your mate Ruckcraft, <laughs> Ruckcraft, big boy, up against uh, Marshall, who's fast. Him and O'Brien are fastly turning out to be the big improving you know, rucks of the improving year. rucks of the comp. So yeah. that'll be an in- interesting duel here. Um, and yeah, good to see uh, Jack Loney coming in and playing really well last week. So. He was, and, and yeah, we talked Clark. about Hunter Clark mm. uh, looking like the Bont. So, uh, big game. I'm going to go for an upset here. I'm going the Saints. Yeah, I almost feel like the Saints, I'm off based the on ladder I'm position, flat with the D's. Based on ladder position, Saints uh, would should be the favourites, but, the, but they're not. And at Marvel Stadium too, I think that favours the Saints. So... Uh, I'm going to go with the Saints as well. Oh, okay. I thought we'd have a different one there, but, you know. Other Saturday night game. What is it? Port Port. Adelaide and GWS. And this is another big game where uh, Port, uh, one game outside the eight. Big game for them. GWS, after a big win against Collingwood last week, travelled to Adelaide. Mm. And other than that, the draw really opens up for GWS. They've got a good run home. So if they bank this one, they could almost come back into top four discussion. But they've got to get over a port side, which should be desperate. It should be after when losing the last couple, their uh, win-loss, win-loss thing. Done. Gone, thanks to uh, Richmond. Richmond, Richmond, too good. Yeah, very good. good. Um, It's interesting, like depleted midfield of the Giants. Um, Phil Davis will be back. He said he'll be back to take on uh, Charlie Dixon this week. Um, yeah, it's oh, I don't know. A, and GWS have won four of the last five of okay. these contests. Right, so two of those at the uh, Adelaide Oval. So um, pretty good signs for GWS. Good signs. Mm. But Port, see, the thing that frustrates the crap out of me with Port is you won't tip them and they'll just play like world beaters, mm. um, which they have done. And, you know, they've got a quality list there. In that case, you're going to pick them? Oh, just <laughs> – oh, what do you do? 
Oh, I think I'm going to pick him. You're going to go for Port? I'm going to go with Port. All right. I'll go on the Giants. Ooh, okay. I'm on the Giants. All, All right. right. GWS for me. That's, they're the favourites, so I'm not sure if that's a, a risky. So, oh, I think away from home, but I think they're forwards. I'm backing in their forwards. They'll yeah. get it done. They'll kick a winning score. All right. That could be one you get over me. Uh, Sunday. Sunday. Sunday morning. Perth time. Perth time. Uh, we've got the Dogs against the Dockers, 12th against 11th, both 8 and 9. Uh, dogs probably in much better form of late, although they dropped the last week against the Saints. After winning three on the bounce and looking so good, they just had to take care of business against the Saints. Yep. So if they had won that, they would have been level with Adelaide on 36 points. Their percentage is horrible. But, you know, so both these teams sit a win outside the eight. So I wonder how this will go, right? Let's just pretend Carlton beats Adelaide. You know, the winner of this game joins level with Adelaide on points. Huge, huge mm. stakes here. Yep. I think I just looked at the last five and the four of the last five have been in Perth. The one before that at Marvel Stadium was a 103 to 38 point thrashing at the uh, hands of the dogs. So, uh mm. Maybe not good signs for the Dockers there, although that was their premiership season, wasn't it? Yes, it was. 2016, although that was round one. So, yeah, uh, smacked your mob. Uh, that was the start of your Roscoe rebuild. Although we did beat them by 20 points at the end of uh, 2016, mm. just before they won Demain. the flag. Yeah, and oh, that was when they had all the players out and then they brought them all back and beat us at Domain a couple of weeks later. Mm. Um Interesting, like I remember when you went to this game earlier in the season and you said it was a really good game, like the dogs were pretty good. Yeah, they're really good to watch. Their midfielders are hard running, really good skills. Um, they just sort of play quite a running fast game. It's just entertaining to watch. Uh, so uh, looking forward to watching this one. <laughs> no, I, I think that we could get uh, taught a I lesson in this game. To I be don't honest. think you'll play three rucks again. Well, we probably don't need to against Tim English. Tim English, young fella. Mm. Who, uh, but, I reckon he uh, will be a good player, Tim English, I reckon. He will. But uh, Rory Lobb, obviously, with a shoulder issue, so potentially not getting up for this game. So do you think they play Sandy and Darcy? Yeah, why I mean, not? two big lumbering Dog, guys, the aren't is, they? You could sit Sandy in a goal square. Like, the dogs don't have a big defence. and Well, I think that's what they've got to do because they don't have too many tall forward options. So just daddy. Just, well, he's not a tall forward option. Okay. Sure. He's a good leading forward mm. and a good kick, but that's that's it. Okay. Uh, not a contested mark player. Um, so, yeah, I think that they probably will. Cherry to get some mid-minutes? No, no way. <laughs> no way uh, with Jared to get me minutes. No, we probably need to see another loss or two before he gets anywhere anywhere near the middle. I'm tipping the dogs. Yep, I'm going the dogs. Dogs and uh, possibly comfortably. Uh, the other Sunday or two more Sunday. This one, uh, Sydney hosts Geelong. Geelong. It'll be a bit of a danger game for Geelong, I reckon. Yeah, well, on the back of, as we spoke before, they've won two of five but still sit a game clear on top. And the Swans have now lost three in a row. After that, we're looking all right. So, I don't know. Not not going to be uh, – I don't think this game will be pretty. No, you wouldn't think so. Um, and uh, Sydney's still missing uh, a sort of recognised Ruckman, although they gave a debut last week to – 
some bloke, bloke who I can't <laughs> remember his name. Uh, was it there? Oh, gosh, we'll edit this bit out, surely. No. Uh, <laughs> um, but, yeah. First you were in the game. Uh, yeah, but I don't remember all their names. His first game. McLean. McLean. Yeah, that's him. At 16 in the outs. Yeah, he did all right. Yeah. So they might do that because what happens if they don't is they've got to play a Lear Lear there and that sort of weakens defence a bit and yeah. he's a great defender. Uh, so you might see him get another game. Uh, well, Geelong's strength's not that rough. Stanley's not that good, let's be honest. No, no, he's not. But they uh, they definitely will dominate, quite often dominate ruck in the forward line with uh, Hawkins quite often just, yeah, just pulling out of the ruck and just kicking a goal himself. Uh, he's quite good at that. Ruckcraft. Ruckcraft. <laughs> Just Ruckcraft. Uh, so I don't know if there's much more to say. I think that Sydney are probably looking towards the end. They're, what were they, 15th? So they're uh, not Geelong, got much Geelong left. Geelong's got to bank this one. And so, I mean, Geelong not at their best. I don't think they need to be at their best right now. They no. just got to bank wins. And but they need to work into it in the next few weeks. Yep. Interesting that that, that top two debate keeps going on. Will Geelong get that home final? I think it looks... Unless they play GWS, they won't get a yeah. long home final. Won't happen. No, nah, there's just the, the crowd capacity issue, isn't it? Mm. Mm. Who are you going for? Geelong. All right. Last game. Final game. Oh. The game of the round at the game. home of football, as oh, you call it. Oh, it's the home of football. Metricon Stadium. The Sunday, 4.40 p.m. for the Eastern States viewers. Yes. The 18th versus 7th. And... and this is uh, only going to go one way, this one. Well, the draws opened up beautifully for the Bombers. Like mm. They have been in great form. As I said, six of seven should become seven of eight. Um, and the Bombers really waiting for a slip up if they get one from GWS. Um, a chance to, to try and earn a home final. Yep. Um, credit to them. I think GWS's loss in a row count stands at like 12 now. I can't see that changing um, this week. You can't because the form lines are complete opposite directions, aren't they? Yeah. GWS got to just keep getting games into the kids and I know their twos aren't going well so they can't change too much. Um, So uh, you can only see the Bombers getting home here. Yep. Uh, Yeah, so Bombers for me, I think. I think they might win by a fair bit. Yeah, I think so. Up at the uh, home of football and uh, we'll be back with our... Big predictions, and hopefully we'll get a bet over the line this week. Holding the ball with Mike and Bomber. We're back for our predictions. I I'm not sure forget, what I just said. I there. hope you forget to edit that out. <laughs> and it stays in it there. It could do because, uh, you know, I get a little bit tired later on tonight when I edit this. So um, hopefully this whiskey keeps me warm and I don't forget what I'm doing. Just the stock standard Jamisons tonight for those who are still listening. The IPA. It's not the stock standard. Oh, no, you're right. It's the, uh, what do they call it? Cask Mate. Cask Mate. IPA edition. Yeah, no, delicious. Not a bad drop. Delicious. Very different flavour to uh, some of the others we've been having recently. Yeah, delicious. All right. Who's your certainty? Certainty for me, the last game of the round, the Bombers against the Gold oh, Coast. Stick your neck out, mate. No, well, the problem is you got to pick a certainty. And the other games were a little bit 50 I reckon 50. we should ban you from picking who's playing the Gold Coast. Why? Because it's shit. <laughs> it's just lazy tipping. Lazy journalism. Yeah, you, lazy Well, journalism. it's not journalism, but... Yeah, you know what I mean. Sometimes you just have to pick a certainty that's actually certain. <laughs> but everyone out there who's listening is going to tip Essendon. Of course. <laughs> no doubt. That's what it's called a certainty for. Mate, stick your neck out there and put your head on the chopping board. Nah, I'm all right. All right. 
I'm going for the Tigers. Uh, I reckon the Tigers. Oh, stick your out. Hey, mate. Collingwood in the top four. Collingwood above Richmond. <laughs> hey? Get out of here. So I reckon Collingwood, uh, I don't know. I, I don't. I think it's a big statement to say they're cooked, but they've got some huge concerns, um, the Pies at the moment, and Richmond are heading in the other direction, and they could swap spots, I think, uh, yeah. um, after this week. It's a massive uh, out, Stevenson, wasn't it? We mentioned that a little bit before. Uh, they just haven't been able to replicate that forward line uh, sort of structure without Stevenson. And it seems a bit strange that a second-year player is so important so important to their forward line. But yep. really uh, strange. But Richmond, for me, the heat is on, Mike. The heat is on, conveniently. Collingwood. Collingwood. Uh, look, there's not really too much excuse for them, I don't think. Forward line's not functioning. I mean... Stevenson's out. Who else did we say was out of the midfield or out with the whole midfield's there? Beams. Beams. So they're missing anyway. Stevenson, Beams, any Reed. other? Reed. Who's sort of only been there hit and miss. Yeah. Anyway. But they did much better last season with a number of players out. So yes. I just don't quite understand. Brody Grundy's dominating. Mm-hmm. Uh, midfield. I think a, a few times this season just hasn't got the job done. They to get Cox back in the game. They do, and he's sort of a bit out of form. So I think the heat is on Collingwood. They'll be expected to finish top four at the at the least. Yep. If they finish outside there, then that's a, it's not really a good result. I mean, yeah. Collingwood travelling anywhere other than the MCG uh, wouldn't be a good result for them. Yeah, well, Richmond now don't leave the MCG for the rest of the season. Just a pretty uh, – thanks, AFL. Yeah, for, uh, nice. Uh, nice even comp you got there. Hmm. Uh, your bet. Let's go. Let's have a punt. We're going to get one My bet home. for the week. I'm going with the Tigers to win at $1.54, which I thought was quite juicy, considering I think that they're probably a better chance than Collingwood. I'm going with the Bombers to win by 40-plus over the Suns at $1.91. Okay. And I'm going with Dunkley to get 30-plus possessions against the Dockers at $1.91, and that comes out at five sixty one. So we just want to bank some bank something. I tell you what, I can't bank anything at the moment. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, put your house on it if you want to lose your house. <laughs> cool. Wow. Confidence there. Uh, I have gone with my bet, and I can, I can feel a winner. Mind you, I said that last week and the week before and the week before. saying it for, what was it, 18 weeks now? I've had one. (laughs) Come in. Uh, I've gone with Brisbane to beat Hawthorne down in Tassie. They're not favourites for that game. Uh, So they were $1.95. West Coast on the try bet. So uh, win by 16 or more, paying $1.65. And I've gone for the Saints to beat the Ds. That's the one I'm probably a little bit nervous about. Mm. Uh, they're paying two dollars and five. I've given it a little. So the, the price there sixty sixty seven. I've given it a little power play as you do. It comes up to seven forty seven. So notice how we've gone a bit safer with our bets these days. Yeah, I think the first ones were all over ten. Mm, so hopefully, um, we can get uh, some winnings, have some celebrations this week because I haven't had a win since round seven. Yeah, we need some new whiskey. So hopefully, we get a get a win. In. <laughs> Uh, just a quick mention. I should have mentioned this before. Heath Shaw plays his 300th game mm. for the Giants against Port. That's why I picked him. That's why they're going to win. Um, great career. Yeah, as premiership player at the Pies, probably hoping to be a premiership player at the Giants. Whether or not that happens will, yeah, you know, it's a possibility. be seen. Um, and next week, uh, 
We have got uh, another little special treat coming up for you. And uh, Stephen, our interview with Cornelio now rates as one of our best episodes that we've we've had here. So thanks for getting behind that. We'll have something big coming for you next week, but stay tuned and uh, mm. we'll have a little bit more. Another interview. Excellent. So stay tuned. Thanks for listening wherever you are listening. And we hope your team wins this week, apart from the Kangas. We don't want them to win. No Kangas. See you next week. This is Holding the Ball, the podcast with Mike and Bomber.